0: We're looking at today uh, out of the book of Acts, specifically Acts chapter 8, about how Jesus commands his followers to be witnesses even there. And in, this, uh, in this, this summer, we've been looking at this ordinary people, extraordinary God, and we've been looking at different people who are ordinary, but God is used in extraordinary ways for his purposes because he is a great God and we can trust Him. And He's the same God of the Bible, and He's the same God today. He is always the, the same. And so we can trust that He is going to lead how, His people how He wants. And as we looked at uh, Hannah and Mordecai and Rahab and Gideon and others, we've seen that how, God is, how He is to be glorified and how He is extraordinary. And we can trust in Him. Uh, we've also looked at how, uh, it, through this, this summer, looking at how we are witnesses. And how in Acts 1-8 specifically, there was, we looked at how Jesus told his followers, Go and be my witnesses. And he gives them places. He tells them in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we've looked at some of those places. How Jesus has asked His followers to be witnesses where they are in their Jerusalem. Let people know about Jesus. Let people know. And then in, in Judea, the, the kind of the here and then the there. Don't just, don't just let people know here, but also out there. And then even to the ends of the earth. But today we're going to be looking at not just the ends of the earth, but He specifically mentions a place that maybe often was forgotten about, even there. That's why we're calling it today, being witnesses, even there. Because Jesus talked about Samaria. And and Samaria was a place where the Jewish people and the Samaritan people, well, first of all, they didn't like each other. Samaria, it was, you, you, you had to go out of the way, if you wanted to get from Jerusalem to Galilee area, you, most Jews traveled out of the way to avoid Samaria. But we know in John chapter 4 that Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went directly to Samaria and he sat at a well. And there was a woman there. And we, we can read more about that in, the, in this encounter. But Jesus, he didn't avoid Samaria. And when he tells his disciples to go everywhere, he does not forget about Samaria. Samaria. So, we're going to be looking a little bit more about that today, why he says that and how that applies to us. But I wanted just to mention something and clarify something that I said last week that, that could have been uh, taken a little wrong because I was talking about marriage. And I was talking about how, uh, giving this example of, of how the people, uh, how God sees our worship when we worship other things as, as a way of adultery, if we were not fully worshiping God. And, there, and what I just wanted to make sure I clarified was that I was talking, without realizing, I was talking about how the wife needs to submit, how the wife is this. Um, but I meant to say, it's the spouses. As spouse, we need to be faithful to each other. Husband and wife, we need to be faithful to each other and also to the Lord. And it, is, it was not my intention just to kind of only look at one uh, side there. But husbands and wives, we are to work together and we are to be faithful to each other and to our Lord. And, and so that was my intention there. because um, marriages are dependent on two people being faithful and giving their whole selves so they can love each other and love Christ. And um, But today we're going to be looking... At this, the part about Samaria. And so our main idea today is that followers of Jesus reach even there, even the hard places with the gospel. So that, that even there, where, where is the even there? Where is he telling, he's telling his apostles, his disciples, he's telling them, don't forget, when you're going to the ends of earth, don't forget about stopping in Samaria. Don't forget about them. And I think sometimes it's almost easier, it can be, to think about missions going across the world, going going on all these exciting ways that we can be supporting missions, be supporting letting people know about Jesus in other places. Sometimes that can be almost more exhilarating and more exciting than it is to go to the places where we'd rather not go. To go to the places maybe that's even not that far away of a drive. I heard recently somebody said, I think our Samaria, the place we kind of used to go was Chicago. Or maybe you know, maybe it's Champaign. You know, I don't know where it is, but what I do know is that Jesus wants us to be witnesses not just wherever, but everywhere. And so Jesus doesn't want us to avoid places that are hard in telling People about the good news of Jesus. And so here he includes Samaria. You know, some of, the, some of the apostles perhaps did not want to hear Jesus say, and don't forget about Samaria. He wanted, maybe they were just like, okay, we'll go to the ends of the earth, we'll go to these places, but don't make us go to Samaria. You know, we're going to be opening here, and you can, if you, if you would like to join me, open to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to see here right at the beginning, in Acts chapter 8, how there was persecution. And the persecution that began in Jerusalem was the result of this man named Saul. And later, we know he becomes Paul. He becomes, uh, just really in the next chapter, he has a conversion to Jesus. But before that, the Jews were pretty, the the Christians, the early Christians, were pretty comfortable staying in Jerusalem. I mean, this is where they received the Holy Spirit. This is where Jesus had, had met with them. They were pretty comfortable there, even though Jesus had told them right before he left, go be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, go, go, go. They were pretty content, pretty comfortable. There was fruit, there was ministry, there was lots of things happening in Jerusalem. So they weren't, in a very big hurry to get out, but in chapter eight we, we're going to see right at the beginning that how Paul or Saul was approving of the killing of Stephen. Stephen was one of the Christians, and it says in uh, just in the, in the first couple of verses here, it talks about how they went, how there was persecution because of. Or there, there was sorry there was because of persecution that there was people the christians were like were getting worried and scared so they wanted to go places and we don't know how many people went to samaria but it says in verse four that those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went and it only mentions one person here but it says philip went down to a city in samaria and proclaimed the messiah there now remember the jews and samaritans didn't like each other and it had something to do. It had a lot to do with when the people of Israel were in captivity. How how they, um, the, they um, the people that conquered still needed some people to be there, and so they kind of had them intermarry, and and so the Samaritans were the result. And so the the Israelites and the Samaritans they both had their different ideas and beliefs, but they didn't like each other, and they didn't talk to each other. They didn't want to. They didn't get together at all. They were just very against each other. And so, but, but Philip here, he goes to Samaria. He goes to one of the cities in Samaria with the gospel. He preaches. He, he, he is the only one, it looks like, that was obeying what Jesus said. He went and he proclaimed the gospel, even in Samaria. So our first point today is that Witnesses of the gospel obeyed Jesus no matter what. We see this with Philip. He he obeyed Jesus no matter what. It didn't matter that none of the other apostles wanted to go with him to Samaria. Now, I'm sure they were out other places preaching and proclaiming the word, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. But Philip knew Jesus said, and Samaria. Samaria. He didn't just say Jerusalem and Judea and to the ends of the earth. He could have said that. But he included this place called Samaria. And so Philip went. And Philip obeyed. And he obeyed Jesus at no matter what happened. No matter if the other apostles were like, Hey, why are you going there? We don't get along with them. He obeyed Jesus no matter if the Samaritans were like, Hey, why are you here? You're a Jew. No. He went. He obeyed Jesus. He obeyed and so that's our example too that we as witnesses of the gospel are to obey jesus no matter what no matter the cost it doesn't matter if people accept the good news of salvation or not i mean hopefully they will but it's not on us our job as witnesses of jesus is to obey because when we say yes to jesus When we say, Jesus, you are Lord, Jesus, you are my master, Jesus, you are my savior. When we say yes to Jesus, we're saying no to ourselves. And so we need to make sure that when, when the person in charge, in this case, Jesus, our Lord, our God, when he is in charge and he says, do something, we say yes and amen. We do it and we don't question it. And here, Philip did it. Philip went to Samaria. And let's see what happens here. In verse in verses six and seven, it's it says that, that Philip, when the crowds heard Philip and they saw the signs that he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Well, that's pretty exciting, right? when they saw what was happening, they paid close attention. Now it says, With shrieks impure, spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And there was great, read it with me, joy in the city. There was great joy. The result was, when Philip obeyed Jesus, he went with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he did what he was told to do. And people came to Jesus. People came to know Jesus, and there was great joy. Now, a lot of times people like just to see the exciting things. I mean, he was was healing people. He was performing miracles. Uh, Jesus saw that a lot too, that people wanted to come just to see the show. But there was great joy in that city. And joy is the result of Jesus. When Jesus, when his spirit comes... Joy is the result. Are we bringing joy to people? Are we bringing hope to people? Our second point today is that witnesses of the gospel experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work. Now notice, it wasn't that it was that Philip was doing all these things. Now it does say Philip performed these things, but it wasn't by the power of Philip. It wasn't by the power of a believer It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the same power that was in Philip then is also in every believer that trusts in Jesus now. And so with the power of the Holy Spirit, people got to experience the fruit. They got to see people coming to know Jesus. They got to experience the joy that Jesus brings, that the Spirit gives. Now, maybe... Maybe you don't want to go to Samaria. Maybe you don't want to go to that place that even there. Maybe you think, I can't reach those people. I don't have power like that. Jesus didn't ask you if you have power, but He tells His people to go. And let the results be the Lord's. Jesus said to to teach people everywhere. That includes People that disagree with us. You know, sometimes I think it's, it's a lot harder to want to talk to people if you know that they disagree with you in the way that you live, maybe in the way that you vote or the, the, the place you live. Or there's just, sometimes when people look different, act different, sound, you know, speak maybe a different language, it's harder to connect with people. Maybe the way people dress or, or tattoos or wh- whatever is different than you, maybe. But Jesus didn't say, only go to the people that look like you and sound like you and talk like you. He said to go even to Samaria. Go to the places where you don't want to go. The people that are different than you. The people that maybe you don't even like. Now, I believe as Christians... That should be an oxymoron. We shouldn't ever say, we shouldn't ever should experience someone saying, I hate those people, or I don't like those people. No, if you were a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and, and read, the, read the book of 1 John. He, he talks a lot about this. You can't have hate for your brother. You can't be hating people when you have the love of Jesus in you. And so, if we have the love of Jesus in us, then let's share the love of Jesus with anybody and everybody, not just a few people that we know, but even the people that we disagree with, even the people that, that live different lives than us. Maybe that means when someone comes up to you at Walmart, in Walmart's parking lot and they want to talk to you about something, that maybe we just take the extra five minutes and listen to them. Maybe, and instead of just saying they're not, they're they're just asking for money, they're not, they're no good, they're or whatever you think of it. No, let's let's value people. Let's not avoid people. Let's go to people, because Jesus said, "Go even to Samaria, go even to the places of people that you don't like or you don't just." Dis- well, you're not supposed to not like. But the, places, the people that you disagree with, that look different than you, sound different than you, Jesus wants us to go, be witnesses everywhere, including the hard places. So now, as we, as we read these, this, this passage in Acts 8, we see that there was great joy. And that people were coming... The people were coming to Jesus. They were coming because of Philip. And there was great joy in the city. And then then skipping down to verse 14, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Now notice this. When When the apostles, when the other believers in Jerusalem heard that what Philip was doing well, really, what the Holy Spirit was doing through Philip's obedience, when, when, they, when they heard that even the Samaritans had accepted God's Word, been, they're accepting what Jesus wanted to be preached to them. They're accepting the Gospel, the good news of salvation, that Jesus came, He lived a perfect life, and He went to a cross to die in our place and these Samaritans, maybe for the first time ever, heard about Jesus. They heard about the salvation that's offered not just to the Jews, but it's offered for anyone who puts their trust in Jesus alone for, this, for the forgiveness of their sins. And they confess their sins and follow Jesus. And, we, and, and these people maybe heard for the first time that Jesus... He, he didn't just die, but he is alive because he, he rose again. And so they heard the good news. They heard that there's salvation. They heard the witness of Philip. And when they heard the witness of Philip, that many people accepted, it says in verse 14, they accepted God's word. And so the, the apostles, when they heard that there was good things happening because of what Philip was doing, because of Philip's obedience... They said, hey, let's send backup. Let's send, there's, there's a harvest here. Let's go to the place where people are receiving Jesus. And so here we see that Peter and John are sent to Samaria. To, so Philip has some support. So Philip has people that they can work together with. And our, our, the third thing today, the third point, is that witnesses of the gospel work together with other believers. So even though Philip went and he was the only one that obeyed, at least this specific command to go to Samaria, Philip was the only one. But when, when the apostles heard about it, they didn't say, hey, Philip, what are you doing in Samaria? They didn't say, hey, even though Jesus said to go to Samaria, we didn't think he really meant that part. He, it was more about the ends of the earth more than the Samaria. Come on. No, he didn't. They didn't. They were excited. They heard that the Samaritans were coming to Jesus. They heard that Samaritans were accepting the truth about God. And so what they did was they sent more help. They sent more people to go help. And so Peter and John, they came to go work with Philip. And so we see that that, that as together, we should be working together with other believers not against one another. And I know sometimes, because there's different churches and different denominations and different beliefs about Jesus, sometimes even believers in the same towns and the same places can be not for each other. But I believe that Jesus wants us as believers in Him to work together. Not to be competitive, but to be working together to proclaim the gospel to all people, including the Samarias, the people that we don't really want to talk to or really don't necessarily want to go to. But as as believers, we can work together, not just people here in our church, but people in other churches. We can work together. So if if you have neighbors in your in your street or in your town or wherever you are, if you... If you have people that also love Jesus, work together. <laughs> work together with them. It doesn't matter which church they go to. Work together to proclaim the good news of salvation to your neighbors, to, to people that you know, not just on your street, but places where you go. Places, people that you encounter along the way. Like what Jesus said about the Good Samaritan, how, how the Good Samaritan came and he, when he saw this, beat-up guy, this beat-up man, left for dead, even though the priest and the Levite walked right past, the good Samaritan was the one that cared for him. And let's be good Samaritans. Let's work together with other believers. Let's, let's be people that when we see a need, we don't just look the other way or, or just kind of pretend it's not a need. Let's go and let's meet their needs. Let's If we can't figure it out ourselves, let's, let's Let's work together with other believers to figure out how we can help people in their physical needs, in their emotional needs, maybe even in their spiritual needs. So let's be people that work together with other believers. Let's be people that are not competitive with other other Christians. You know, we are the body of Christ. The church is not an island by itself. The church is meant to be a place where we can gather together, where we can trust each other, we, we can help each other, we can worship Jesus together. But the greater church, that's the greater church, capital C Church, is where all believers can work together and we can set aside our differences. And sometimes that seems kind of hard I mean, there's, there's. How can, how can some people believe this and still be a Christian? I ask that sometimes, but it's not for me to judge if someone is a believer or not. It's, it's my, it's what my responsibility is myself. What, how, what do I do? Am I doing what Jesus is asking? Am I, am I working together with others? And so. Here we see in, in Acts eight how they worked together, and then near the end of this this passage in, in Acts eight, sorry, not the end, but in verse twenty five, the end of this this part, it says after they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus. Okay, so we have Peter and. James and Philip. And they were working together and they were proclaiming the word and, and they were testifying about Jesus. It says that then Peter and John returned in Jerusalem and they were and preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So what happened then is that not just one Samaritan village, not just one city or town of, of Samaria heard about Jesus, And heard the good news. But that we saw many places in Samaria, this whole region where he was hearing about Jesus. Because of the result of Philip, because of his obedience, we saw, or they saw, a lot of fruit. And they saw not just a lot of fruit, but then they saw how they can work together with other believers. And here we see that gospel or the witnesses of the gospel, they influence other believers to obey. That this fourth point was others can influence other believers to obey. And because of what's happening, what was happening to them, more and more people were coming to know Jesus. And think about it. Peter and John... They came out to Samaria because they heard that people were accepting Jesus, because they were listening to the word of God. But it also meant that they were obeying what Jesus said. And so Philip, in his obedience, and the way what he was doing, influenced others to obey, influenced others to also see the fruit and see that God was moving So we saw in this passage that the witnesses of the gospel that they 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 see, sorry, they they obey Jesus no matter what. Philip obeyed Jesus. That the witnesses of the gospel, they experience the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work. Do we obey Jesus even if we're the only ones? It's a question to think about. When Jesus asks you to do something, even if it's even if it's not something you want to do, are you going to say yes and amen to Jesus? And are you going to see and experience the fruit of the from the Holy Spirit? And are you going to work together with other believers and, in fact, then influence other believers to be obedient to, to the Lord? We're... In a little bit we're going to be listening to a song a response song from romans about how paul says he is not that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel we are not to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the jew and then to the gentile and when we read jew and gentile maybe that's confusing or maybe we're not sure about all that but But what Paul is saying is that we should not be ashamed. The gospel is is powerful. The good news, let the good news be preached. Let people know about Jesus. And a lot of times it's not just by what we say, but it's how we live. Right? I think a lot of us understand that if we say, trust Jesus, but then we, our lives show that we don't really trust Jesus, we're not going to see fruit, right? We're not going to see, people are going to see they're not, or they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. Let's be people that walk the walk and talk the talk. Like we tell people about Jesus, but we don't even have to say it because they see the joy in our life. They see the hope that we have. They see that we live differently, that when things get rough, we don't start griping and complaining. We don't start doing what the world does, but we, we put our hope in Jesus and we have a perspective, of eternal perspective, that our hope is in heaven. And that it's not about us having these perfect, peaceful lives, but it's about having our joy and confidence in, in the Lord and His salvation. And in that, we can be encouraging others, whether Christian or non-Christian, to be obeying Jesus and coming to Jesus if they have never come to Jesus. And I said our main idea today is that followers of Jesus reach even the hard places with the gospel, even the hard places. Where are the hard places that Jesus is asking you to reach? Where are the hard places? Where is, where is our Samaria? Where is your Samaria? Where are you avoiding? Not wanting to tell people about Jesus. Not wanting to, you know, think about it. In the Old Testament, there was a prophet that was told to go to Nineveh and, and he said no. He, re, he went the other way. And God sent a storm in the, the, to where the, the boat that Jonah was heading their the opposite direction. And Jonah knew what he was doing was wrong. And he knew that God was, was clearly showing him that he was in the wrong. Let's be people that when Jesus says, talk to them about me, we don't run the other way. We don't say, find someone else. Sorry, God, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. We can be followers. When we're followers of Jesus, we reach even the hard places, reach even the, the, the places that we don't want to go to, the people that we don't want to go to maybe. We reach them with the good news and the hope of Jesus Christ. Because we are not ashamed of the gospel. It says, because it's the power of God for salvation that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Because it's on God. It's not on us. Our job is just to be messengers. Our, God, our job is just to let people know the way we live and where our hope is in. So let's not be ashamed of the gospel. Let's not be embarrassed, but let's be bold. Let's be people that go to our Jerusalems and let people know about Jesus. Let's be people that, that go regionally to our Judeas, You know, in our bulletin on the back of the sermon notes today, we've been talking about this summer about how we're trying to be intentional about where we're giving. Locally, nationally, and worldwide. We don't have on here Samaria because that's too hard, right? (laughs) No, we don't have on here Samaria because Samaria, I think, is all of these You could have the people that you disagree with, the people that are different than you, people that you don't really want to go to, the hard places. That could be your neighbors. That could be literally people next door or down the street or maybe a few miles away if you're in the country. But it can also be people that are are more nationally, that are more regionally. And it could be people that are to the ends of the earth. But the Samaria, let's not forget the Samaria. Let's, let's go to people with the good news of salvation. Even if it's people that we don't really want to go to. Even if it's people that we don't want to necessarily tell the good news of Jesus to. That's bold. But Jesus wants us to be bold for him. And he doesn't say, you, get it, you have to figure all the details. How they're going to come to Christ. No, he, he does the work. He asks us to proclaim. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Paul was saying, first to the Jew, first to the people that already have that background, have that that knowledge about about God, and then to, to everyone. He's not saying the Jews are better than the Gentiles. The Jews are better than everyone else. He's saying, no, proclaim it. You're going to proclaim it probably a little bit differently in the way that you proclaim the gospel. So let's ask this question. And take a a few moments as you think about how to respond today. But I invite you to ask this question and try to think and pray. Who is it that needs to hear about Jesus? Who in your life doesn't know Jesus that maybe Jesus is telling you to talk to? So take a few moments And just identify who that could be. Jesus, I pray that you would give us each boldness. Boldness to share your message of hope and salvation that we need in this hurting and broken world. I pray that wherever you want us to go, whoever you want us to talk to, that you would to give us that courage and that boldness. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take a step of obedience. Take steps of obedience and that we could work together and we would see your fruit when we obey. We trust in you, Jesus, and we pray that you would guide us along the way. Give us a boldness for you and for your gospel message.